Take a word of God, please turn to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus. Glad to be here, say amen. Thank God. If you had a good lunch, say amen. <laughs> oh, thank God to be able to eat, you hear? That's a blessing. That is a blessing. Well, I hope, you, hope you've had a good day. I really, really do. And uh, Man, I, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm excited. This wasn't what I thought I would preach today. I, I, until Josh got to preaching, I was pretty much satisfied where I was going. I already been studying and looking and, and formulating an outline and kind of discerning and trying to determine the direction the Lord wanted me to go. And I was pretty settled with and pretty happy with it. And, and uh, well, I, I, just, I just feel like being back here. I'm going to pick it up where Brother Josh left off. I'm going to begin reading in 2 Timothy Chapter 1 at, at verse 7, read down through and include verse 12 and uh, share a message with you that I believe the Lord has laid on my heart. Boy, I tell you what, friend, it's exciting to have knowledge for, about something for sure. Do you know that? It's good to have assurance and to have no doubt that certain things are so. And I hope, I really pray, I hope this message is a blessing to you. I've got notes everywhere. I don't know how much of them. I'll get told you how much of this will make any sense to you, and I hope it all does, but, uh, but I'm excited about it nonetheless. You, you pray with, for me as, as uh, I try to preach to you. Beginning of verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ. I like phrases like this before the world began. But is made manifest by the epiphany or the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who was who hath abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believe. I am persuaded he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Father, I'm thankful tonight for the privilege of being in this place, and I'm thankful for the peace that Brother Steve just spoke about, God, peace that the world can't give, peace that God just holds us in a storm. It may not keep the storms out of our life, but it keeps us through the storms, Lord, uh, when they're in our life, and I'm thankful for that. It's a peace that passes understanding. It's a peace, God, that we all know when we need it, and we're thankful that we know the source of it. We're thankful, God, that, that we can know you and that we are known of you. What a joy that is. We're thankful, God, that we can have an assurance uh, that we belong to you and that you belong to us. I pray today, God, that you would refresh this mind, stir this spirit, now this lump of clay, use me to edify your people, to glorify your name. And Lord, if there happens to be someone in here this place tonight, God, that's not where they ought to be in their relationship with you, 
May, Lord, they make it right. God, bless those looking on, listening in. And whatever the accomplish, we'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it all. If we ask it, and that name's above every name. In the name of Jesus, your Son, our Savior, and all God's people said, Amen. I want you to relook at the last part of verse 12, if you will. Very familiar passage to Bible readers. And lots of people have that memorized, and I'd encourage you to mark it. Let it mark you. Commit it to memory and speak it ever so often. Paul said, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And if you wonder what Paul committed unto Jesus, it was his soul for safekeeping. I want to talk to you tonight for just a few minutes of time, and I really want to be brief. I want to talk to you about this. Paul was persuaded, are you? Paul was persuaded, are you? I don't know about you, but I want you to know I'm going to testify before I preach. It was a great day, friend, when I come to realize that I was sure I could be sure about my salvation. It was a great day when I came to the knowledge, the biblical knowledge, friend, that I could be saved to know it. In fact, it was good for me the day that I realized that my a life that Jesus gave me was eternal, thank God, and that I'm kept by the power of God. Hey, friend, listen, if he saved me, we ought to realize that he is able to keep us. But I want to talk to you about Paul I was persuaded are you? Now as we step into this passage of Scripture, I want to pick it up. Uh, where Brother Josh left off. He said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He preached on a fire that we all needed this morning. I even wrote his, uh, I even had his uh, text, but I forgot what it was. Anybody remember? We all was in the same boat that I am. I'll forget mine by the morning, so don't worry about that too much. But I know he's talking about that fire in our heart. Hey, listen, friend, what was it? Stirring the flame, that's it. Poking it. I know it's stirring and poking it. We need to stir that. We certainly do. I hope he's not listening, right? He will listen, come to think about it. I'll edit this out. No, I'm just kidding. I am just kidding. Hey, listen, friend, we ought to have that. Now look at what Paul said. He said, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you know what that power is? Look, he mentions it again in verse 8. He said that, be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. That word is the Greek word dutimus. You know what it means? It means the power of God. It means something that's greater than the power that Rome could have, that military might that they had, better than the intellectual power that the Greeks had at that time, or even the religious power that the Jews had. Man, this is power that's out of this world. I'm glad God didn't call us to anything and that He won't equip us to be able to do. And yet there are times He'll call us to do the impossible so that he can show us that he can do it through us. Hey, friend, listen, I'll tell you what we need to do tonight. Uh, stand in his power when we can't stand in our own. And by the way, we never can. Thank God for that. He said, now look, he said he would be not given, God had not given us the spirit of fear. Now, undoubtedly, Timothy uh, was into the same mold that the apostle Paul was. Undoubtedly, 
uh, he, he, he had trouble emotionally, if you let me say it that way. His character was not as stout as the Apostle Paul's. Now look, I'm not getting down on Timothy, neither is mine. I mean to tell you, Paul said, look, I, I beheld your tears. He, he knew it, but you know what Paul was saying? Here's the secret how to stand. Here is the secret uh, to know how uh, to stand. And he said, look, I want you to be uh, standing in the power of God and I want you to have a sound mind. You know what we need in the day that we're living in? We need people with sound minds. We need people that are thinking clearly, thinking biblically, thinking spiritually. Hey, listen friend, I'll tell you like Josh said this morning, we're in a battle. But look, now friend, look, uh, it, it, it's natural to fear. Everybody in here that fears something, say amen. It might be closed quarters. You might be uh, claustrophobic. Uh, it might be spiders. You might uh, be acrophobia. Uh, you, might, you might be afraid to go outside. Maybe that's why you're watching on Facebook. And if you have it, you have an excuse. That's agoraphobia, I believe. Hey, but listen, can I tell Friend, I fear snakes. Hey, bless God, that's just wise, amen. That's just wise right there. Hey, you better believe it. But listen, can I tell you it's wrong not to, uh, not to have fear at certain times. There's certain things that we ought to fear. Uh, but here's what I'm telling you tonight. Paul is telling us we ought not to be controlled um, by fear. I believe when uh, Peter, when Timothy, I looked at Paul when he thought of Paul down in that Roman dungeon. I believe he could hear the shackles. I believe he could hear the handcuffs and the chains rattling. I, I believe he could see in his mind uh, the mice running around or actually the rats. I believe he could see the, uh, the dampness and the darkness in that dungeon. And hey friend, listen, that doesn't sound appealing to me. But can I tell you what? If, if we're standing in the power of God, if we've got a sound mind to think right, you you know what it'll do? It won't wipe away fear. Hey, bless God. But it'll give us the ability to do what we ought to do by the grace of God, for the glory of God, in spite of that fear. Amen. So we ought to, Paul said, we ought to beware. We ought to beware of these things. And, and look what he said in verse 8. He said, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to, here it is, of the power of God. You know what he was saying there? He's saying, listen, be ready. Can I tell you something? Listen, get this. This is an important point. God's power is already always available. Say amen to that. I mean to tell you, it's always He's available to look. Uh, he's able always to deliver us. But you know what? He'll not always deliver us from, but He'll always deliver us through whatever it is. Thank God I'm glad for that. Hey, the three Hebrew children, uh, they told Nebuchadnezzar, did they not? Uh, when Neb said, hey, hey, fellas, now look, I like it. I'm putting you in a high position. I remember when you and, and Daniel came down, you, you all were just little fellas. Now you've grown up. Why don't you bow down to this image that I've made? said well listen we're not careful to answer thee of this matter Nebuchadnezzar said now listen we don't know and I'm paraphrasing a lot you can find it in Daniel chapter 3 verse 16, 17 and 18 I could turn and read it and they said to him look we don't know what God's going to do but here's what we do know we know he's going to do something hey can I tell you that ought to be enough for me and you we never know what God's going to do we just know he's going to do what's best for me and you how many of y'all believe that? How many of you are persuaded for that? Say amen. 
We ought not get cowed in the corner then when it comes. I mean to tell you, we ought to be able to face what's coming our way by the grace of God, for the glory of God. How many of you believe God's sovereign? Say amen. How many of you believe, friend, that he not only rules, but he overrules uh, when it's necessary? Say amen. How many of you believe that, um, that there's no weapon formed that uh, can come against us? Say amen. So you know what I'm thinking? All things are working for us, not against us. Now there may be some lousy things we go through. But look, it's not over yet. Thank God, it's not over yet. And that's what Paul was saying. Paul said, now look, be aware. And he said, uh, be ready. We ought to be ready. You know that? Now Paul, listen to what Paul said. He said, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Thank you. Uh, dear Jesus, I'm telling you, friend, you, you, know what, you know what Paul was? Paul was down there in Nero's prison. I, I mean, he was in the maritime prison, not the, not the Ritz-Carlson like they've got in America for our prisoners. Air-conditioned, you know, and internet and libraries and all, all of that stuff. And it wasn't like that at all. And boy, I'll tell you what, it wasn't a pleasant place to be without a doubt. And, and Paul told Timothy, he said, now listen, he said, said, uh, don't be ashamed of me as prisoner. You, you know what? If Paul hadn't have told us that he was a prisoner, we'd never know it as we looked at him and read the Word of God. When you read the four prison epistles, uh, you would never know that he was writing from jail. Bless God, if I was writing from there, I'd be saying something else. I wouldn't be saying rejoice in the Lord. I'd be saying pay my bond. Get me, a, get me an attorney. Get me out of here. You say what's the difference from him and, and you? Here's what it was. Listen, Paul was in prison by Nero in Rome. He was a prisoner of the Lord. Thank God. He was a prisoner of the love of Almighty God. And you know what I believe he said in Ephesians 4 and 1. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord I beseech thee that you walk worthy of vocation wherewith you're called. You know what I believe Paul was saying in that verse? He said, look, I'm a prisoner. You can just throw away the key for all I care. I believe he was just as at home in that prison down in Rome as he would have been if he'd have been in his own house somewhere entertaining people that wanted to know about Jesus Christ. He said, look now, he said, not only beware, but he said, be ready. Can I ask you something? Paul was, are you ready to suffer? Hey, we listen, listen, friend, we, 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 we can control our emotions if we choose to because we're controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. Hey, listen, afflictions are real. He said, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. How many of y'all like pain? If you're, if you're in your right mind, none of us do. But can I tell you what, friend? Martyrdom, Christian martyrdom is a real thing in 2022. I mean, they tell me that there's more, uh, been more uh, martyrs in the last hundred years than there have been in all the other years past since, uh, the, since the first century uh, Christianity. It's amazing. And Christianity isn't real popular in America today. Y'all do know that. You remember Josh said, they're not for you out there in the world. They're not going to say, go for it. You know what Debbie's got to say every time I get down and out when, I, when I'm doing something? and Man, I just feel beat up. And I, I just don't know which way to turn. I almost feel ready to quit. Every, do everybody else ever feel ready to quit at times? Debbie will say, now listen, do you think the devil's going to come up behind you, pat you on the back and say, go for it, buddy? She makes me sick sometimes. 
I mean, she's wise. She's got it down pat. You hear me? Man, I start, I start cleaning up my mess, getting out of my pity corner, and bless God, just get back in and want to go again. He said, don't be ashamed of me as prisoner of the afflictions that's going to come away. Hey, can I tell you, friend, listen, if we stand for God, if we, if we become what God would have us to do, the Bible said we're going to suffer persecution. And let me tell you something, a bad back or an ingrown toenail is not affliction. Like the Word of God's talking about. Now, if you get suffering for Christ, if you get dog bit, and don't go, don't go door knocking with Josh if you're older and slower. That's why he picked me. He said, I want to go with you. I said, why? He said, because I can outrun you and the dogs will catch up to you before they will be. You've been with him, haven't you, Greg? You, you may have a standing chance with him. I don't know, but, but I, I'm telling you, I don't trust him. You can't turn your back on him. Since he's not here, I'm going to get him. I mean to tell you, friend, listen, we, we say, hey, look, look, because we stumped a toe, that's not affliction. When, when you get cussed out uh, because you've given somebody a track or, or when somebody would physically abuse you for telling them about the good news, that's the affliction. You said, preacher, it's not going to happen. Well, look, we're getting closer to it in America than ever before. I, I've never seen people more angry. I mean, I mean, just vitriol, anger, just, just ready at the top to just, 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 just fomenting at the top, ready to go off uh, on anybody. Hey, can I tell you what, friend? Listen, you know what we need to do. You know how, you, you know how that that we can overcome that. We just get lost in the love of Jesus. Now I'm gonna say something. All right, everybody, pay attention. Everybody, pay attention. Now this is serious. There ought to, there ought to be a lot of things we take personal. But there are a lot of things we ought not to take too personal. I mean, let, let me, I'm going to use real simple language. It ain't always about us. It's about the one we're representing. It's about the one we're telling people about. It's about the one whose message we're taking and life who's being lived down in our life. And that's what it's about. Sometimes we take this too personal. I told somebody one time, they said, man, look, I, I, I just hate to think what everybody's thinking about me. I said, I hate to bust your bubble, dude, but not everybody's thinking about you. And, and, and the people that are aren't thinking about you nearly as much as you think they are. Now, that's true. You know how the devil will come, something will happen, and anybody ever mess up here, do something shameful? And the devil said, man, everybody knows that. Boy, you'll buy into that lie just in a heartbeat. Not everybody cares like, like he wants you to think that he cares. I don't know how that got in there or why, but anyway. He said, Be thou therefore not ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me as prison. Be thou partakers of the gospel according to the power of God. He said, Now look, we need to be said we need to be ready, and then we need to be thankful. And you say, What for? Listen to this first phrase. He has saved us. Everybody saved. Say amen. And look at what this goes on to say. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which hath given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Man, that's a mouthful. Can I, can I tell you that? That is a mouthful. Do you know what God saw us? God saw us in Christ before we were ever created. Before we were ever made. Listen, God had a plan. Now, now look, we've been saved. Isn't that amazing? 
I mean to tell you, we've been saved by grace through faith. Aren't you glad that we're not saved by works? Man, I am. I mean, how many works would you have to do? How would you know whether it's enough? I mean, could you ever reach that potential? Would you have to maintain it? When you start getting old, you can't maintain a lot of things like you used to. And, and, as you get old, you don't want to. I mean, let's face it. I got tickled with Gentry Hyde, an old, old gentleman used to uh, be, well, used, used to be an old coal miner. He's one of our deacons at the church over in Boone County. He retired, and I never will forget one day we were talking. He said, Preacher, learned something since I retired. I said, What's that, Jen? He said, I can still do what I used to when I was working. I said, Well, that's great. He said, Yeah, but it just takes about three, three days longer to do it than what it used to. Amen. Amen. Something to think about. it, But he has saved us. Well, we got something to be think about. And listen now, we're not saved by works. That ought to make us happy. We're saved by grace through faith. But watch this now. Got a holy purpose for us. Listen, we're involved with something that is eternal. It's amazing, friend. Every place I look, everything that I touch, I, with the exception of the Word of God, hey, listen, friend, this temple, it's going to pass away. But God has called us to something uh, that He's got an eternal purpose in mind for all of us. Does anybody in here ever get afraid when you think about eternity? I do. I'm just going to own my lack of faith. I don't have it all figured out. Do you? I mean, what are we going to do? How, how are we going to do it forever? Without getting tired of it. I, I mean, without messing up when we do I mean, now look, I know we're going to be made like unto Him. I know heaven's going to be filled with a lot of little Christ. We're going to have eternal life. We're going to be perfect. We're going to go. I can tell you all that stuff, but I can't compute it in this little mind right now. I'm used to day in and day out. I'm used to the beginning and an end. I'm used to getting it right, and I'm used to getting I'm not used to it, but I, I get it wrong. Are you all with me? Understand? Man, I'm, t- I'm working on that. Y'all, y'all need to pray for me about that. I mean that. Now, I know he's got it all worked out. It'll be great. I, I mean, I got, some strange, I got some strange questions and ideas. What he's going to do with us? And is this just the beginning? And yet he has no beginning. So that's a foolish question. I mean, what's he going to do with all these galaxies and universes that, that are being propagated and, and this, this universe that we live in? It, it's expanding. Y'all do know that, don't you? There's a reason the Bible said if thou can figure out the, uh, uh, the, the breadth of, of the universe, I don't remember what, what it says exactly, but if you can figure out what an expanse, this galaxy and universe that we live in, you can figure out, other, but it's, you can't figure it out because it's still, it's still going, amen. Well, I'll tell you what, God is amazing. And he is, listen, he's called little old me and you to an eternal purpose. That Hey, it's kind of one of those, you know what I'm saying? It just kind of blows my mind. 
Hey, but he says we've got something to be thankful for. Let me go on. Listen, I know I'm not doing this very good. But he said, but now is manifest. He said, but now is manifest. He said, now listen. He said, this thing God figured out. He figured out. And our salvation knew he was saved in, 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 in an eternity past. Before the world's refrained. Before we ever came into being. God had our purpose eternally in mind. Listen to what he goes on in verse 10. You listen to this. He said, but it is now made manifest. It was a time it wasn't known. It was a time it was a secret, but now God has allowed his son to, hey, listen, the darkness became light. Uh, uh, listen, a death became life. It's amazing what Jesus brought to you and I through the gospel. When he appeared, many things showed up. Isn't that amazing? You ever wonder how many things you miss looking right at them? You, you read through the Word of God. You get over in the Old Testament, you read something and say, man, that's pretty good. You get over in the New Testament, it throws you back to the Old Testament. You come back to the Old Testament and you get in the New Testament and you that Old Testament you've already read before you went through the New Testament and you wonder, so why didn't I see that when I was reading in the Old Testament? Why did God have to show it to me after I got in the New Testament? I can say that again exactly the same way. Yeah, have you ever do that? I mean, the apostle Paul pulls in and brings out a verse. The Holy Spirit will nudge somebody, pull out a verse. And I wonder, why didn't I see that going? Hey, listen, he's brought things to light, has he not? Now look at what he said. This verse is so full, but it's now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. Can I tell you what that means in a nutshell? Glory to God. I know I'm not doing very good at this, but I'm still having a good time with it. I'm excited about it. I'm going to listen to it, see if any of it made any sense, okay? But listen, let me tell you what that means, just that phrase right there. The glory to God, the coming of Christ changed everything. He brought the things out of darkness to light. What we couldn't see, now we can. What we didn't know, now we do. And he brought life out of death. I say glory to God to that. Only Christ could do that, and he did it, friend, through his Savior. Now look at this. Hang on to your hat. It just keeps getting better. And he abolished death. Isn't that good? Everybody that hates death, say amen. Everybody that remembers that death is an enemy, say amen. It has been destroyed. Or it has been, excuse me, defeated. It's yet to be destroyed. Let me get that right. It has been defeated. It is yet to be destroyed. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, the Bible says. But you all know what I'm going to tell you next. When Jesus died and was buried and came out from among the dead, he pulled the stinger out of the bee. I know that. We got it. Everybody wants to go to heaven and say amen. Are you ready? How many of you want to die to get there? Kind of like that preacher preaching one night. He was preaching on, on heaven and, and, and getting ready and, and going there. And there was a little boy sitting down front. And that preacher said, all right, everybody wants to go. He said, raise your hand. Everybody in that church up one little boy. The preacher looked at him and said, son, said, don't you want to go to heaven? He said, well, yes, sir, I sure do, preacher. He said, well, why didn't you raise your hand? He said, well, it sounded like you was trying to get a bus load up to go tonight. Horace Sitton used to tell me all the time, he said, son, everybody wants to go to heaven, nobody wants to die to get there. 
I mean to tell you, friend, look, we're all made of the same stuff. Jesus, listen now, has brought what was in the darkness out to light. He has brought life out of death. He has abolished, listen what he said, he has abolished death. Do you know what that means? It simply means, and this, this is amazing, he has made it of none effect. I, I just, listen, I don't understand all of this, but I believe it. Made of none effect. Isn't that amazing? Let's go on. It brought life and immortality to light, and it's through the gospel. Through the good news of the gospel. I'm almost done. So look what he said in verses 10 and 11, we're to be understanding. He said, wherefore, now watch this, I'm appointed a preacher. Man, I like this. I like that word. I like that word. In the Greek, it is K-E-R-U-X, crux, I believe is the way it's pronounced. I even went online to try to get, a, get an enunciation of it. You know what that means? Paul, listen, now you mentioned three things. He said, I am a, I, I, I am a, a, a preacher, I'm an apostle, and I'm a preacher. That's a pretty good resume, don't you think? Hey, people say, preacher, I don't like... My, my grandson broke my heart. Hurt. No, I'm just kidding. I was talking to Jace, you know, about my preaching and whatnot. He said, Papa said, 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 I can't understand you. He said, you scream. I'm thinking, man, listen, I, I, that, that bothered me. I was sitting in a beautician's chair one day. She had no idea. She, she had no... But you know how the devil does, you know how... Anyway, she says, that she said, I don't, I don't like loud preachers. Here she was cut. Maybe that's why she gave me the haircut she did too. Maybe, maybe she knows me more than never been back in her chair since. She may be glad. I know I am. Good lady and whatnot and all that kind of. Well, you know that. I've told you all that tore me up about three months. I mean, it tore me up. And, and the Lord got, got tired of me wallowing in, in my mire, you know, my little pity party. And he said, go over there to the book of Isaiah and see what Isaiah said. And God told Isaiah to lift up your voice like a trumpet, cry loud and spare not. Hey, the word preacher comes from this word corrects. It is caruso. You know, what it, you know what that means? It means to be a herald. It, it means to be a messenger for a king. And hey, friend, I've read in Revelation chapter 4, Revelation chapter 5, and they're giving a lot of praise. There's a lot of noise. They're saying hallelujah in chapter 19. They're saying praise the Lord. It's going to be a loud place when you get over there. So if you hear me preach, I'm just getting you ready for what's coming. Hey. I can't help it. I get excited up here. I mean, I, I have made a mess of a great passage. At least I feel like I have tonight. But it's the only thing that I've got for you all. There's so much here. I saw things in this tonight as I read through this book again. These verses I, that I had never seen. It's the way the Word of God is. But He's not only a, a messenger for a, 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 a king, an imperial messenger for an emperor. He was also an apostle. You know what an apostle is? Somebody chosen with a special message. Hey, listen, everybody look up here. Bless God, we've got a message. We are not apostles. There are no apostles today. I believe there, there, there were 12 and, and not 14 and not 15. All may agree or disagree. I don't believe Matthias took Judas's place. I believe the Apostle Paul did. And you say, why? Because Jesus picked the original 12 and picked Paul to replace Judas. Now, we could get in a Bible study about when they called Barnabas and a couple others apostles, and I can explain that. 
But I'm talking about the original. But we've got to, we've got to, and he said also a teacher to the Gentiles. We get to the best place that you all like. Here's the last, here's the last point. Paul was persuaded, are you? And he wanted us to be confident. Now listen to this. He said, for the which cause, I also suffer these things. What's the next word? Say it out loud. Y'all know what that means? In spite of. In other words, big deal. He was in such a prison, when you get to the end of this letter, Paul said, listen, come before winter. He said, when you come, bring, bring, bring my coat, would you? Bring my cloak. Coat or cloak, which is it? He said, I left it at somebody's house. I said, you bring it, and when you come... Look, he said, it's dark, but I can still read. And he said, I'm bored to death. There's nothing to do. The internet's down. The TV cable's down. He said, I need to read and study. So bring the books and especially the parchment. Y'all remember that? Listen, he was, I'll be honest with you. I'd like to get to the point that I'm not moved so much. Just steady. Y'all know what a cutter is in the, in the, in the Navy? You ever, were you ever on a cutter? I'm going to start calling you salty for, for you know, a cutter. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what it was, but, but it, it, it did what it did. It just cut through the water. You know what I'm saying? Different than the other shit. I'd like to be able to do that. I, I wish my faith was just so strong. Regardless of what the enemy put before me, I'd just cut right through it. And I'd say, so what? Wouldn't you all like to get like, he's got a great sense of humor. You ever, you ever think it out? About the time you get it done, he's ready to take you off the stage. I mean, about the, the time you learn how to be a parent, and you've got to become a grandparent to do that, by the way. You're ready to die. By the time you get some of this Christian stuff figured out, he's ready to translate you. I, you, I mean, y'all y'all think like, am I, am I totally wrong? It's my, he's bound to have a great sense. And if you don't believe he's got a great sense of humor, look here. All right? Boom, bam. I, I just love him. But listen to what Paul said, nevertheless. He said, in spite of all of this. Now, if anybody could be crying and and, and complaining, it's a man that bore in his body the marks of Jesus. Filling up, filling up what was lacking in Jesus' suffering, he said in the book of Colossians. He said this, nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Look at this phrase, mark it down. He said, for I know. Now there's a lot of different words in the Greek language for knowledge. Genosko, G-N-O-S-K-O is one of them. That's experiential knowledge. To know, you know, could be academic, but, but genosko is personal, it's independent. You've been there, you've done that, you've known, you, you know yourself by experience, whatever. And that's, a, that's a great knowledge. But you know what Paul said? There's another knowledge, oida. I mean, that, that, that's, that's, I like that word, and I believe I, I, I believe I pronounced it right, but you know what that is? That is a personal knowledge that Paul is absolute about. You say, how could we be absolute over anything? Well, I'm going to tell you. He said, for I know, the writing goes on, whom I have believed. Come on, Judy. He never, Greg, this goes back to your Sunday school lesson. This goes back to Brother Josh's message this morning. It's all dovetailed in this whole, I love it when that happens. He never forgot meeting Christ and seeing those nail-pierced hands and feet on the road to Damascus. You, you know what he was saying? He said, I've met him. I've saw him. I've talked to him. He called me. He converted me. 
He commissioned me, and he said, I know. He said, it's a done deal. What is it about me, you have to answer for yourself, that I am unsure of the things that I know? Now see, that's paradox. If I know it, why am I unsure? If I know it, why do I have any doubt? I want to get to... Wouldn't you hate to have been the devil and having to deal with the Apostle Paul? I mean, think with me. What would you do with Apostle Paul? If you put him in prison, he just, he just won the men to the Lord that was chained to him. If you turn him loose, he'd go into the next town, wherever it was at, and start a revival, build a church, and win souls to Christ. And if you took him to the chop block and cut his head off, you just released his soul to glory. I don't know about y'all, but I'd like to live like that. Me to live as Christ and die as gain. I'm working on it. Maybe I'm closer to it than I've ever been, but I'm not close enough. Paul said, listen, I am persuaded. He said, and the reason he said I'm persuaded is because I know him. Can I, tell, can I ask y'all something? This goes back to Joshua's message. How much do you know about it? How much do you know about this book? Do you know enough? Do I know enough? Do we know enough collectively? Well, I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll give us peace in a storm. It'll give us assurance, friend, when, when everything else is falling apart. He, he, he's going to shake the world, and there's only going to be certain things that will stand and withstand what he shakes the world with. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded he is able to keep. I like that word keep. You know what it means? It means to guard. To stand century on, actually, when you, when you thrash it out. To be kept from being snatched away. It really means to be preserved. I like that. Paul said, listen, I'm saved because I met him. And because I met him, I know him. What's the big deal about anything else? Wouldn't you like to live like that? I believe we can. I know I need to do better. Hey, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you all. I'm good about where I'm at in my life. Remember I told you I prayed for those three months that God would raise the, uh, the, uh, the kidney function that I had? And he answered my prayer, and I told you, I mean this. I praised him. I still praise him. I was talking to somebody just yesterday, and I said, you know what? I pray every night that God will get me home before dark. I shared this with Greta and Sam this morning. That means I, I, I want to get out here before I lose my mind. Now, I, I, dementia frightens me. It's one of the worst diseases that I believe I ever, as a pastor, had to contend with and watch families and even our family go through it. And I've prayed that prayer for a long time. Lord, get me home before dark. I, that's what I'll say. Every night, every night I pray. Every day I pray that Lord, get me home before dark. I was laughing. I, you know what? I said, what? My prayer, I believe my kidney's going to take me before my mind leaves me. Now listen to me. That's a pretty good deal. You think you're crazy, but it's an answer to prayer. Are you, are you seeing what I'm saying? I still believe I'll go in the rapture. I'm hoping for it. But if y'all gather here singing in the choir, make sure somebody knows that Tom went out of here surprised. And you say, what do you mean surprised? Tell them I'm surprised I didn't make the rapture. You hear me? Did y'all hear me? 
I mean, I don't know what God's got, but I'll tell you what. If I get any crown, I think I'll get that one. Paul said there's a a crown laid up for me, not to me only, but all those that love his. I'm looking for, I'm loving, I'm loving the thoughts about his appearing. But let me finish and I'll, I'll quit. I just feel so good tonight. I don't know about you all, just... I like preaching like this. Maybe, like I said, it doesn't make any sense. But if y'all knew who I was leaning on the Lord up here doing this, you know what I'm saying? I got some notes, but I've hardly looked at them. And even the ones of God, I can't hardly read. So I love it. I love it when God stretches me like he does. Paul said, look, for I know whom I believe, and I'm persuaded to even keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And listen to what I'm going to tell you, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm not done. I'm going to quit. I count my day of salvation, April 23rd, 1974. The truth of the matter is I was saved when I was 10 or 11 years old. I never forget the night that I knelt on an altar of prayer at Freedy. And if I I could tell you part of the story real quick, there were some people that were pulling. You know, at that time, they would pull on me. But I'll never forget, right around my belly, it was if if I could feel the devil's arms around me holding me. I'll never forget that. Never Never will I forget that. And nobody can make me believe that, that wasn't what was happening. I mean, it was just as real as if somebody, I was sitting on somebody's lap and they had their hands around me. You ever, you ever had that? Some, you just hold it. 23rd, 1974. As a 22-year-old man, I realized, listen, God give me something. I better, I better be serious about it. I better, I better be doing something positive and intentional with it. And I've never been sorry since. Man, listen, I'll tell you, I'm persuaded God's able to keep. I didn't always live my Christian life that way because I didn't know you could. I didn't know you should. I wasn't taught that. Shamefully, I wasn't taught that. But ever since I've been able to discover for myself out of this book, it's done something to radically change me. It's given me a peace that I never had. It's grounded me times of storms and doubts and fears. Look, I need to grow in I don't know, but I'm persuaded. Paul was persuaded. Are you? Every head bowed. Nobody looking around. I want to go to the Lord and word. Hey, listen, listen. Listen, there's nothing, nothing quite like having salvation. And I believe, I believe getting salvation is the top order. I believe that with all of my heart. But can I tell you, sir, ma'am, brother, sister, I, I, it is my strong unshakable conviction that for us coming to the knowledge and assurance of our salvation is as important as our salvation if there's any fear any doubts any fear any doubts in your heart and in your mind look if, if, if you just need to be strengthened if the message goes back to Joshua's message this morning on the fire the needing to be stirred the altar is open if God's spoken to you, just simply be obedient to Him. Father, we're thankful tonight. Thankful for what Christ has done for us. What He brought out of eternity. What, what He brought out of the unknown to make known to us. What He brought out of the darkness into the light. How special and wonderful that is. Thank You for the eternal life that He gives us. Thankful for the assurance that, uh, uh, that He gives us. Thankful, Lord, for the hope that we have today that holds us, Lord. We're saved by grace through faith, but hope is such an important part of the Christian's life. We're thankful for the power of hope. 
We just pray tonight, Father, that you have taken this broken message that I've tried to set before your people to edify them and to glorify you. Father, I pray that it might minister to a heart and it might, God, make us to be strong as we listen and look at the Word of God and remember that in spite of all things, that nevertheless that Paul said, Father, we can be persuaded and we can be held. We can be held in the midst of a storm where we have peace like Steve sung about that passes understanding that Paul taught about in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing. If you need to pray, want to pray, we ask you to come and do it.